Alright, good morning everybody. It is here another edition. Let's talk with Michelle Hardman and I am in a peaceful place today. I am at Potoka Lake Nature Center. It is a beautiful morning. We're getting serenaded with the green frogs. I just learned about green frogs here a little bit ago and I am with my friend Dana Reckelhoff at the Potoka Lake Nature Center. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good How to see you again. I know, it's been a while. I know. You used to be a, a regular on the radio show, and I haven't got to do a podcast with you, so this <laughs> is great. This is great. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what's going on down here. It is still open to the public. Yes. Even though COVID's going on, you can still come. Yes. So, yeah, that has uh, changed things a bit. So our hours right now in the month of um, September and the end here of August will be, um, well, the Nature Center will be open Tuesdays through Sundays. And instead of early morning hours, we have a 11.30 to 3.30 time frame. Okay. So anybody can come during those hours and uh, check out the displays inside the Nature Center, see our great educational ambassadors inside. Yeah. And, of course, they can still come out hiking and utilizing the lake anytime that they want. It's just restricted hours on the building here at the Nature Center. There's so much cool stuff, though, in the Nature Center. Every time I come, I still go around and browse like it's my first time because... <laughs> To me, I mean, I love nature anyway, and you've got all of the, like, the bird mounts and the different things, mm -hmm. and you kind of tell about them. So, I mean, like, if you're if you're out in the woods and you see something, you may think, well, I wonder what that is. That's cool. I wonder what that is. Mm -hmm. But you can kind of learn them in here, so that's cool. Absolutely. It gives you an opportunity to see things up close that you may not get to see up close in the wild, right. and maybe you've seen it before, but it gives you that opportunity to see it more in detail. And I was talking about, too, coming in, you guys have built a replica eagle's nest. We did, yeah. That is crazy <laughs> to think yeah. how big those are. Yeah. So several years back, I got this idea after visiting another uh, wildlife center, and they had, like, huge life-size eggs that kids could climb into. And I thought, that is too neat. And it was, like, quail eggs. And I thought, oh, that's fun. How could I utilize something similar at Potoka for kids and families to climb into that has to do with Potoka. And I was like, bingo, it's going to be an eagle nest. And so we had our staff and our campground hosts who are volunteers that camp for free and they do service for us throughout the week, come and grab all the materials we needed from right here around the nature center, clearing our hiking trails and bike trail of tree debris. And we built the first eagle nest and we've reconstructed it twice since then and I think now how we have it is is wonderful and it's going to hold up really well how we have it now but there's a staircase that you know you can yeah. climb up the stairs can hop down inside in it? absolutely oh, cool. yeah how big is it it's six foot six foot across so our standard yeah. eagle nest here in Indiana start about five to six feet across hmm. and so it is uh, just about six feet on the outside of the outside di dimensions. Inside, you could lay down inside of it, which is how eagle's nests are here in Indiana. A five-foot person can lay down hmm. inside of an eagle nest, one side to the other, and, and barely touch, if not, maybe not touch. That's wild to think that's up in a tree, too, isn't it? I know. That's <laughs> a lot of weight up there. That would be. <laughs> Do you know offhand, like, roughly how much that would weigh? It depends. Sometimes they've had nests that have been, uh, I, th I think, even tons. <clears throat> there was one nest that was so large in Florida that they said you could have fit a Volkswagen Beetle car down inside of and never have seen the car. Oh, wow. 
That's pretty impressive. That's now, it's a small wild. car, but that's a huge nest. Still, yeah, <laughs> in a tree. Yes, in a tree. And yeah. that tree has to support all that weight. Yeah. Because these birds are adding on every year a new layer huh. to the nest. Maintaining their home, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they, their way of housekeeping. Does the same pair of eagles come back? They stay in the same nest for life? They do. Okay. Yeah. They are considered monogamous. Okay. Yeah. So they'll come back and they'll reconstruct and start moving sticks. Some of them as early as October. We see some movement of a few sticks, but usually by December, they're definitely in nest repair mode. Hmm. Yeah. That's wild. And, and Patoka's a great place to see eagles. Yes. If you've have. never seen one, come hang out here for a while, right? Yeah, we have 12 active nests that we know of. There could be more than that now. Huh. But we have 12 active nests that we know of. And, it, I mean, it, there's very few days where I'm outside and I don't see one fly over somewhere. Really? Either here at the Nature Center or if I'm driving around the property. Awesome. Uh, there's very few days here that I don't see one. Awesome. You're probably getting like, eh, yeah, it's an eagle. No, I don't. <laughs> to be honest, I'm, I still, I, I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, you're so beautiful. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. They're just so majestic. They, I think. Yeah, they, they just are. seem so calm and got it together. And Well, when you see one in person, not really, but really? they do look like that from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so what are they in person then? What's the difference? Oh, they are just, they're kind of clowns. Each one has their own personality. They can be goofy. Um, they're, they're, they're clunky. They kind of walk like turkey vultures on the ground. So, you know, they, they definitely look majestic from the sky. So we'll just stick with that. Okay, well, that's cool. Well, I know osprey is another thing that's common here. Yes. And I'm not as familiar with them. I don't know if I would recognize an osprey. Okay. So kind of describe them. So they are between an eagle and a hawk size, red-tailed okay. hawk. And they are mistaken for bald eagles quite often because they have the, the dark wings and uh, their head has a mask, kind of like a raccoon across the eyes. Okay. And so a lot of people see, oh, there's this bird up on that, that nesting platform that we've built. Mm -hmm. It's a bald eagle. And when in fact that's actually an osprey, which is a migrating bird of prey hmm. that comes here from South America. And they nest here and breed in our area, and then they head back south once it starts getting cold. So we see them March through middle of October, okay. and then they're gone, and then they come back each year, and they'll come back to the same nesting territory hmm. to construct another nest on that maybe same platform or a tree. They really like tree snags, dead trees that are in the water or on the very water's edge where your bald eagles like to be usually a few trees in okay. and not necessarily exposed on the shoreline. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. right. I'm going to have to look for ospreys then when yeah. I'm done here. Now they have the striped tail, so they don't have the okay. bright white tail. Their tail is white, but it has striations in it, okay. so brown and white um, colorations. Cool. Yeah. I've heard them talk about when they do the sunset uh, wine tours and things yes. in the lake that they see them a lot. They see them quite often. <laughs> On their ice cream sign, they have a triangle-shaped floating sign out in the water so that as boaters pass, they can know that they sell food there. At the marina, the Toka Lake Marina specifically, they... There's a nest on it every single year. There's an osprey nest in the middle of the sign. Uh. And because of that, there's regulations on, like, them moving the sign. Really? They have to wait until they leave 
the area before they can pull their sign in wow. and they have to have it out at a certain time so that whenever that breeding pair gets back their nest is ready and available <laughs> to use don't mess with the house yeah. <laughs> that's funny all right well tell me a little bit about i know you've got some things coming up yeah some events so talk about that a little bit oh goodness this year we're doing something fun we've been talking about it and joking about it for a few years our main gate gals that work there they like to decorate the gatehouse with all kinds of Halloween decorations okay. and for years they've had a sign that says zombie hunting licenses sold here and <laughs> the public has saw. joked with us and they're like you should do that that sounds fun we decided we were gonna make it happen this year because it seems like the perfect social distancing activity to have stations set up where people can come out and shoot a selfie with a zombie that we have somewhere around the property and then go and turn those in. We put targets over the, the face of the zombie on the back of their hunting license that they purchased for $5 at uh, five different locations around the property. So that could be the main office, either the modern campground gate or the main gate, and then here at the nature center and also at the camp store. And they, so they could start at any of those locations gathering their license. They go out, they find the zombies, 10 out of 12 of them on the property, hidden all throughout. And there's a little trick on the back. If you flip the license over, it tells you exactly, not exactly, but the general area of where you're going to find that zombie to make it a little easier. And then they can come back, get those stickers over the top. And then we actually have a cup, a commemorative souvenir cup that all that money that comes from the licenses goes to support our educational ambassador birds of prey cool. and so that's a, a cup that they get to take home with them to kind of commemorate their visit with us so now are these live people zombies dressed no up, no like goodness i would hate to have people standing 24 7 <laughs> for two months but you might have it rotated no. <laughs> <laughs> no they are things that we purchased that uh like one of them is a zombie cat Okay. Some of them are things that cling to a door. Others are like your Halloween decorations that you would see that like have material that blows in the wind. Okay. And so they'll be hanging in certain places, okay. that kind of thing. Nothing makes noise or nothing moves, so it's not really scary. It'll be nice for families with small children to come. Me and my husband plan to bring our kids out to do it. It'll, it'll be a good time. Very cool. Yeah. This will run, what did you say, the time frame this is going to be it going? Is, it is going to start Labor Day weekend Labor Day and weekend. go all the way through the end of October as okay. long as we don't run out of cups. <laughs> okay. And we have 800, so we can wow. sell 800 zombie hunting licenses. It's hard to believe we're in, into like Halloween, Isn't Labor Day crazy? time. Isn't Yeah. That's a Even though the year has been crazy with the COVID stuff, it's still going fast. It, it is going like very it. fast. Yeah. Well, that'll be cool. That'll be fun. That's a fun time of year to be out to. It is. Fall. Yeah. I think it'll be a good time and just it'll help people see different parts of the property that they may never have been to before. Obviously, mm -hmm. people may have been to the nature center, maybe to the camp store, but we even have a station set up on our bike trail mm -hmm. and we have one set up on our fitness stations on the fitness trail. And so it's going to take them to different places that they may have never seen before. So they get to explore in that fall season or later summer season for those that are joining us in September mm -hmm. and just see different areas, which will be great. Well, now you mentioned just now fitness trail. Yeah. I wasn't familiar with that, so tell me about what's that got. Okay. 
So the fitness trail starts at the modern campground and goes towards Patoka Lake Marina. It is an extension of our paved bike trail. Mm -hmm. So if you've been on the paved bike trail towards the marina, you've seen the fitness trail. It's one mm -hmm. and the same. Okay. But there are fitness stations that have uh, a sign and some mulch, and there may be a piece of kind of stationary workout equipment that's there, okay. that there are instructions on the sign, and then you can do the, the workout routine right there. Mm -hmm. Or there may not be a piece of equipment. You have to stand there and do something, maybe a stretch or um, some kind of exercise. Oh, cool. And so there are stations throughout. You kind of start one direction, and then you turn around and go back and do the other stations as you're walking then back towards the campground gatehouse. How long of a walk is it to do the whole thing? It is not very far. Mileage-wise, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's really not too far. It might be a mile or a little thereover. Okay, pretty flat walking. It is very flat. It is the flattest part of the entire property. So this would be good even for like older folks? Uh, yeah, we've had out. a lot of older people join us on our fitness trail hikes that we've led here. Cool. Yeah. All right, I like that. What about the fitness, the fitness hikes that you just now mentioned? How big he does? Well, the last one that we had was scheduled in February, right as everything was, was getting crazy. And we haven't had one for a few years okay. before that. But it's something that we thought about bringing back a yeah. little bit more, and especially once maybe everything has kind of calmed down. We'll probably bring them back again where we can have people together in the same space again. Maybe if you limited it, mm -hmm. but we could only do 10. Yeah. And then that we could stretch them out, you know, a little bit more. That would be that would be cool. Yep. All right. I like that. I like that. And I was asking you, too, coming in, if a state park pass would get you in here, and you said it will. It will, yeah. So those state park passes are good for our state properties other than, like, the state museum. You can't use it to get into the state museum in Indianapolis, but that will get you into your state parks, your state reservoirs state forests, those kinds of places. I think that's a cool idea, too, because we like to travel to state parks and just yeah. get out and see the different ones. They're, they're all different. They all have their own personality. I'm so sorry. I just got so excited that two hummingbirds landed right next to each other on the same branch right there. <laughs> I was like ducking, thinking, oh, no, what is it? <laughs> oh, that was cute. The hummingbirds, though. Yeah, they weren't even fighting. They were just sitting there all calm, just no wings flapping, just sitting, hanging out together. They were listening to our podcast. I know. Maybe they were. I could hear one buzzing by while ago when we were talking. It went pretty close to your head. <laughs> All right. I know something else that you wanted to talk about was the fishing event coming up. Yeah. Talk about that because I think these are so cool. So later in September, we are going to have the Wheeling and the Fish. And this is a special event for people with special needs. Mm -hmm. And we, we've debated long and hard about whether or not we were going to still have this event this year. And we feel like every single person needs that normalcy and there are people that come to this event every single year hmm. and even whenever we can't have all aspects of it because maybe the lake is flooded and we can't take the boat rides much like this year we won't have any boat rides <clears throat> just due to everything that's going on mm -hmm. but we still offer fishing poles and bait and allow people with special needs and their families to come out and fish at Osborne boat ramp we have a huge fishing pier and this year it's perfect for fishing because the water is low so there is plenty of shoreline to get out there and to fish on and so we do this event from 10 to 2 and they get a free meal really? out of it and so instead of them being able to kind of pick up their meal we'll mm -hmm. have those kind of packaged and ready to go for them to grab okay. but we usually grill hamburgers have cookies that are donated um, 
soft drinks and water, and then some bags of chips nice. that they can take and so sit around the, the really large parking lot at Osborne Boat Ramp. And then we will also have some prize bags. Usually we have a prize table, we have games that they can play to win prizes, and those things probably won't happen, but we'll probably have a prize bag for each participant that comes that day. Do they need to bring lawn chairs, I guess, and stuff like that? Yes, yeah, bring a lawn chair. Um, We'll, we'll still have some tents set up that if somebody needs to gather some shade, if it's a hot day, mm -hmm. they can sit underneath one of our small tents. And so we, we have that ability. But yeah, bringing a chair wouldn't be a bad idea. If you have your own fishing poles, uh, feel free to bring those. But otherwise, we're going to have all of the bait mm -hmm. ready to go so that people can come out and enjoy a day here at Patoka Lake. And it's free. And it's free. Can't yeah. that. Yeah. You don't have to be in a wheelchair. It's called Wheelin' in the Fish. Okay. And that's just our catchy title. And so it can be anybody with any kind of special need. Okay. Do they have to register ahead of time? Or they don't. Up? Nope. They just show up at Osborne Boat Ramp okay. anytime, you know, as, as close to 10 as possible, but at least before we start doing lunch around 11. That way we know how many people to, to make food for. Yeah. That's awesome. Because some of these people may never have gotten, <clears throat> I'm sure you see every year, people that have never got to fish before. Yes. And people in wheelchairs that have never been on a boat before. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen this year. But it is such a neat event to get people that are wheelchair bound on a boat yeah. and get them out exploring the water. Yeah. Not necessarily fishing while they're boating, but just relaxing and enjoying their time out on the water. It is such a great experience. I think water's therapy anyway. It is. So this is great. Yeah. I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for people with disabilities. Because I'm always thinking about like the playgrounds, you know, let's have more equipment that's accessible mm -hmm. because I feel like those kids miss out. They, they do. They can't go swing. They can't go, you know, do some of these things. And mm -hmm. we, need to, we need to do better about fixing that. Yeah, I've seen some playgrounds that have been designed specifically for like wheelchair use. Yes. And even even swings and slides they can go down. And I yeah. think that is so awesome. I do too. Yeah, do it would too. be great to have something like that around here. How many years have you been doing the fishing thing? Well, it has been going on, this is the, I think it's the 18th year. Wow. Let's see, the 18th, yes, the 18th year. So, that's cool. It has, How yeah. many people typically come to it on average? You know, the past few years, because the water might have been high, or we didn't have everything last year, like the boat rides, you couldn't even get to the boat dock because mm -hmm. it was so flooded, the dock was completely underwater. Mm -hmm. So, just depending on where the water falls, we have had anywhere from 120 all the way up to 200 plus people. Really? But this year we'll have to limit how many people are able to attend. Wow, just that's good. Because of everything going on. How yeah. far away are they coming in from? They have come from all over the southern half of the state. We had nursing facilities bringing patrons from the Bloomington Bedford area, really? uh, from Salem, from. French Lick, Jasper area. So they are coming. That's a big swath. Yeah, <laughs> from, from wherever. And of course, this isn't just for people that are in a, an assisted living facility. These are folks that have somebody that they care for in their home as well so that anybody. are coming out. Anybody. Any age? Any age. Okay. Yeah. Do they get to keep the fish or they have to throw them back? If they catch a fish that is of sizable, legal, uh, legal, <laughs> yeah, legal size, then they are more than welcome to keep it. Cool. This is so good. I hope the weather's great. I hope so too. <laughs> what did you say? September 19th? September 19th. It's, it's a Saturday. Saturday? Yeah. 
What about do you need volunteers or any help with this thing, or have you got it covered? I think we have it covered. Between us, the Potoka Bass Anglers, mm -hmm. and Sickle, the Southern Indiana Center for Independent Living, yep. we have a crew of people that come out every single year to help put this event on. Obviously, we have had other volunteers in other years, but I think this year we should probably just stick with, with what we've got until this whole COVID thing gets maybe a little settled down or we get it figured out. I've heard that they do it in Paintown. Yes, they have one there, and theirs this year was canceled just because of everything going on. Bummer. Yeah. Alright, well I'm glad you guys are still going. We're still trying. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what about, do you get many people geocaching down here? Geocaching? Are they still you know, doing that? They are still doing that. Uh, I haven't had as many people come in and ask about it as in past years. In past years, it has been very popular, mm. but I haven't had as many people this year. I would think it would be even more I this know. year if I wanted to get out. I know, but I haven't really had anybody talking about it. That's crazy. There have been a lot of people from out of state and even from northern Indiana. that We've had more people here that this is their first time to Potoka Lake than we usually have. Usually it's a mix of, oh, hey, I know that face, to, oh, I've never seen you before. <laughs> and this year there are so many new faces here. So many people that have told us this is their first time ever coming to Potoka. And you said that every weekend is just like nuts crazy busy. It, it has been insane. Our campground has been busier than ever. Up until school started, every weekend was like a holiday weekend. We were shutting down boat ramps because we had too many people on the property. The beach parking lot was overflowing and the overflow beach parking lot was overflowing <laughs> and we were having to turn people away from the entire Newton Stewart State Recreation Area where the campgrounds, the beach, the nature center is because there was just nowhere for people to go anymore. Wow. Everybody's so, just dying to get out, aren't they? Yeah, everybody needs a piece of nature. Kind of like you said, it's just peaceful out here and it's, it, it takes your mind off of the stresses of life. I love coming here. Anytime I can get a chance to sneak down here to Patoka, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about the little pond over here. We were talking about the, the frogs all ago. Yeah. Can folks, they can walk out here and check they that can. out. They can, yeah. So in our backyard, we've got uh, two little ponds that have a great amount of frogs in them. My goodness. <laughs> there are, right now, we have just green frogs left. But throughout the year, we have breeding for pretty much every species of frog that we have in our area we see them all kind of take their turns and and the, even the toads come and mate in the water and then off they disperse back to wherever <laughs> they came from but it makes a perfect little habitat and people can come walk around and if you're nice and slow and really still you won't scare them and you can just kind of watch them and if the little ones move too fast then it's exciting because <laughs> they all jump in and sometimes you hear noises coming and it's a scavenger hunt to just try to find where the noise is coming from. I know I was standing out here one day and I kept hearing a noise. I was like, okay, I'm going to find this frog. And another employee came over and they were like, what are you doing? And I said, <laughs> I cannot find this frog. And so we determined it was under a rock. So I went and I picked up a rock that was laying on top of two others. It was kind of making a bridge. And sure enough, huh. the frog was underneath the two rocks, but he sounded so much louder it because it was echoing. I was like, this one's going to be huge. And it, <laughs> it, was no bigger than, it was no bigger than the rest. <laughs> what about turtles? Do you have any turtles in here? You know, we don't too. get turtles in there. In the past, we have had a couple water snakes in there, but we haven't seen them all season. Hmm. Last year we saw them, but this year we haven't seen them all year. Usually they're 
making a good meal out of a lot of the frogs that were in there. Yeah. So this year we've been overrun by frogs because the water snakes have, have vacated and moved on somewhere else. I haven't really seen many snakes at all this year of any kind. Have you noticed that? Uh, you know, earlier this spring we had a lot of reports of people seeing more water snakes. Really? And I think it was maybe just because the water was down and there's not as much foliage for them to kind of hide around on the shoreline. But since then, since say May, early June, I haven't had as many reports of people seeing as many. Mm -hmm. I kind of like snakes myself. I think they're kind of cool. I think they're really neat. I always enjoy seeing them, especially when we're out kayaking mm -hmm. and doing a kayak tour. I always love pointing out, oh, look, there's a water snake over there. Mm -hmm. Especially for those that are really afraid that they're going like, to come over to them and try to get in their <laughs> kayak. I'm like, unless you're harboring little fish or frogs or toads or, you know, tadpoles inside of your boat, that, <laughs> that snake wants nothing to do with you. Well, and really most of, most of the wild animals are like that. If yes. you don't bother them... Yes. I mean, a lot of people have this fear. I think of anything that moves, that it's going to come and eat them. But yeah. <laughs> if you leave them alone, they're not going to bother you for the most part. Yes. Yeah, a lot of things, especially here in Indiana, you know, they are more afraid of you than you are of them. Mm -hmm. And you're much bigger than them. And so they want nothing to do with you. And many times you may not even get the opportunity to see wild things because you may be making too much noise and they've already long before you knew assessed that you were getting too close yeah animals are cool they're pretty smart aren't they they are neat yeah what about butterflies do you have any of those here on the like around the nature center That's you know another one of my <clears throat> we have we have had quite a few not nearly as many around the nature center as i'm seeing other places but we have a lot of great wildlife areas around the property where there are plants coming up like butterfly weed and things that they are more specific to that we don't have right here in the backyard of the nature center. So out on the hiking trails, there are several fields where there's just butterfly weed and ironweed and things coming up, and they are all over those plants. I noticed driving down that the joe pie weed is oh, yes. out down the road. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. yes. I love that. I know. That's one of the big tall ones that everybody's always like, what is that big pink flower over there? <laughs> it's like a big puffball. Yes. It? Yeah. It's always fun for me to see the butterflies on mm -hmm. it. Now, are there specific butterflies, like, like is it just tiger swallowtail that's going to go to Joe Pie Weed, or will they all go to it? A lot of them utilize different things. So, butterflies have the ability to taste with their feet. So, whatever they land on, they want it to, to taste good to them. Okay. So, I'll even see them on the boat ramp, like, licking the concrete <laughs> and, you know, getting minerals or their nutrients from something that is seeping up from the ground. So they'll they'll be sitting there, especially the swallowtails, at uh, Kingsbridge boat ramp out in the middle of nowhere. Every year when I go to that ramp, there is one spot they just sit and they all just kind of are feasting together. And you can walk right up to them cool. within two feet and it takes until you get to about two feet away before they scatter. Huh. But you can be three feet away, you can be four feet away, cool. you can stand there slowly or squat next to them and they don't move. But as soon as you get a little bit too close, then mm -hmm. they move away. Unlike yeah. if you get close to butterflies normally, they kind of just float and linger in a different direction. Yeah. That'd but be they, a cool place to get some pictures. Yeah. Then. Yeah. What's the funnest part about your job? Oh my gosh, <laughs> there's so many fun things. <laughs> I I just enjoy that it is ever-changing. There's always something new to experience. As predictable as wildlife can be, there's always new things to discover. 
and new things to share with people that we've learned. And so it's just, it's fun that it's always something different. And I love being outside. Yeah. And so on a day that it's not so pleasant outside, like maybe later this afternoon, mm. I can choose to be in my office. But today here we are outside. And this is beautiful. Yes. Hear the birds chirping and talking and the, yeah. whatever the crickets, whatever that is up in the distance. Cicadas. Cicadas, okay. <laughs> Taking over the woods, yes. I think those are pretty. I do. I think overcast days even are kind of pretty because to me the colors pop that much more. They do. Like in the spring, they're red buds and mm -hmm. they just pop even more. Yeah. I can appreciate even rainy days. Yeah. <laughs> what about, I know, do you guys take, like do you have any live critters that you can take to a school or to a whatever? We do. So we have our educational birds of prey that we have traveled all over the state with. And then the, the critters that don't necessarily get as much attention, but we do travel a lot with them. Right now we have the two toads in the building. So we have one of both toad species that we have here in Indiana, or in southern Indiana. So we have Fowler's toad and American toad. And then we have an eastern box turtle. And we actually have an albino common snapping turtle. An albino. And, yeah, when we travel huh. with all of those guys. So it's fun to see kids' faces whenever they get to see those little critters up close yeah. and things that they might have seen before but never gotten to see up close or touch them can they touch them sometimes yeah, yeah. not this year but <laughs> sometimes in a normal world yeah <laughs> in a normal world we have yeah. uh, depending on like the toads we don't usually let kids touch them but the shells on the turtle so that they can see how that feels in comparison to like their fingernail because the outer covering of the box turtle shell is keratin and it's the same covering that is your fingernails. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. See, I learned something today too. There you go. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right. So, what if people would want you to come and bring some stuff? They just call you and say, "Hey, what's yeah. your schedule?" They can call the Nature Center, <coughs> and we'll check our schedule, see what we have available as far as days go, and we can either go to them, or they can come here. And as long as it's a small group, we might be able to do something in the building. Otherwise, we'd have to do it outdoors. Okay. But yeah, they can call here at the Nature Center at 812-685-2447 and ask for me, Dana. Does it cost if you take, take them out like that? It, it does. It depends okay. on where we're going and how far we have to go and what all we're doing for them. So the fee can, can vary. And same thing for here. If they come here, a, a short visit will actually eliminate their gate fee to come in. So they won't pay the $2 uh, per per person on a bus if it's a school okay. or the seven to nine dollars per vehicle whether you're in state or out of state okay but they'll pay just a fee back here for the educational program that we offer them during that time which as long as it's a, a short program it's usually just a dollar if mm -hmm. it's something more in depth like an archery lesson then it's more like five dollars that's still very reasonable though yeah I didn't know you could do archery, too. Yes. You're teaching me all kinds of stuff. I, yeah, I am a certified archery instructor. Really? Yeah, so we do archery lessons for, I've done them for homeschool groups. I've done them for Girl Scouts and just individuals. We have archery lessons uh, throughout the year in different events that we do. And people can come and sign up, like their whole family or just their kids. Or I've had um, older folks who are looking for a new hobby mm -hmm. come and join me so it's really open to any age how fun yeah is it is it hard i used to archery hunt but for folks who haven't what would you say is that hard to do it is not hard to do it is something that 
a lot of people are intimidated by, especially yeah. women. And it is something that is so fun. It's an, it's just anybody can do it. And the bows that we have that we train people on are the same bows that kids are using at school for National Archery in the Schools program. Okay. So they're a 15 to 25 pound draw weight, really light weight bow, compound bow. And we start at a close range, which helps you to get comfortable shooting and get confident that, and yeah, get, get that. confident <laughs> that you can do it. And yeah. then, you know, as the lesson progresses, if the class is really catching on, we might even move back a distance and then let them shoot from a further distance if it's if it's the right group. Otherwise, we we try to end the lesson shooting at something fun like water balloons mm -hmm. or cards. Cards. Yeah. Okay. Like a deck of playing cards. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. How many can do that at one time? Usually we limit the class to 15 okay. at a time. And right now, of course, due to everything that's going on, we're not doing them. Hopefully next year and hopefully even next spring, we might be able to kick those off again. But just due to social distancing, there's no way you can teach a new archer how to shoot from way off. Being uh, <laughs> yeah. not, you know, not as close yeah. as even two feet right. apart. What about as far as the COVID stuff? Are you able to take the animals to places right now or no? It depends. So one of the things I'm I'm looking at offering the schools is like a parking lot program. If they are concerned, a lot of schools aren't letting visitors in. And so what we can do is set something up like in their, their field or the parking lot where they have cordoned off where nobody can drive. And the kids can sit outside and I can be outside and we can do a program that way. That would still be fun. Yeah. All right. And I know that inside the Nature Center, you've got tons of brochures. You do. So that's a good resource for folks to stop by. Absolutely. From the hiking trail, property map, information about the property that they may not have known, like a fact sheet that really goes in depth and talks about the Corps of Engineers and, and their place on this property and what what they're doing, and all the way to local businesses like the marinas and the local cabins that might be of interest to stay at. Yeah. What are some of the questions that you get the most of people coming in here to the Nature oh, Center? Oh, goodness. You know, <clears throat> I would say that that happens all the time, but the questions vary from year to year. And it seems like if you get asked this question 50 times in one <laughs> summer, the next summer, nobody asks you that. And it's just like, oh, well, did everybody forget it. about that? <laughs> did they share it with everyone around the world? So this year's questions, oh, goodness. You know, the latest questions we've had is, is that a turkey or is that a vulture? Because we have a family of vultures, black vultures specifically, that have nested behind our building, right back where we are really? in the woods, right back from where we are right now, Michelle, there's a huge drop off. So if you and I just kept walking in the woods back there, mm -hmm. we'd fall off a big cliff. Okay. And on that cliff, there's an overhang and they like to lay their eggs on that rock ledge underneath the overhang and they just throw a few sticks or things down on the ground on that rock and then they lay their eggs right there. So the juveniles showed up one day in July and they were hanging out underneath our building because it's underground. Okay. And so the roof sticks off the ground by a couple feet. And so the juveniles were hanging out under there almost like they were in their little rock <laughs> crevice of a home. Yeah. And then the adults joined them. 
And so then one adult left, and then the other juvenile left, but a mom and the other juvenile just keep hanging out. And then sometimes it's the two juveniles that are hanging out. And they have been coming back almost every day since July. And they just sit in front of the display windows where we had to take down all the interactive parts of our displays so that people couldn't touch them. But they're sitting in front of a sign that says all interactive displays have been removed (laughs) due to (laughs) COVID-19. And so people are coming in, they're looking at displays, and all of a sudden they see movement at the window and they're like, what is that? Is that a turkey? And so then it's been a really fun interpretive moment getting to tell people, no, those are vultures. How big do they get? Those guys, they are, they're pretty small compared to the turkey vultures. So if you see the difference in your black vulture versus your turkey vulture, they are a more stunted body. They're shorter. Their wingspan is less. And when you see them in flight, their wings on the turkey vulture have like a silver or white flashing on the whole underside, um, on the bottom half of that wing. Okay. Where the black vultures just have a white (coughs) patch near the fingers. So if you look at a vulture, you can kind of see where the elbows and the the wrists, or not elbows and wrists, but elbows and shoulders are. And whenever they're flying, so if there's white near the fingertip edges, Hmm. that is your black vulture. And then if you see the white on the whole underneath bottom portion of the wing, that is your turkey vulture. Yeah. So that's how you can tell the difference. Here in southern Indiana, we have both types. I know in northern Indiana, they don't really see that black vulture very often. They're more of a southern species Mm. that we have seen quite a a bit more (laughs) of in the past few years. It looks like you were talking about they lay their eggs right on the edge of that cliff. It looks like when they would hash that the babies would fall would just off fall cliff. off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they don't. Maybe that's why <laughs> they ended. Maybe that's why they ended up here. It's more stable ground. I don't know. But they just—they've just been hanging out as a family underneath is, the building. Is there a place? I know some of the nature centers, and I forget if you guys do or not have like a little sitting area inside where you can watch. We do. So okay. that window right that's over there, overlooking the pond, okay. and of course due to COVID-19, it's a really tight space, so we can't allow people to enter that room okay. right now. Okay. But they can still come out here and sit exactly where you and I are on the picnic tables and get the same experience watching those two hummingbirds yeah. fighting over the <laughs> hummingbird feeder. I can see them. <laughs> Now, they'll be leaving, what, mid-September or something? Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. Sometime in mid-September, we'll see them leaving. But at the same time that ours might be leaving, others are going to be still migrating down. Mm. And so it's important, if you have a feeder out, to continue leaving that feeder so that those northern birds that are traveling past us can still get a meal and kind of refuel While they're traveling. on their travels. <laughs> yeah. What about lightning bugs? <clears throat> Those are fascinating to me too, and it seems like they're not here very often, very long. I mean, their 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 season is very short, and you know, this year I haven't seen as many as I did last year. Last year really? it seemed like we had just an abundance of them, and this year they've been kind of a little less in our area. Why. I'm not sure. And this COVID's bothering them too. <laughs> <laughs> they're staying in. They're sta- They're social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> to me, they're so cool, though, because they're just, they're peaceful again, they're quiet, yes. they don't bother anybody, yes. they just kind of do their thing. And they're so fun to catch yeah. and to watch them light up and just to kind of harness that little energy and think, wow, yeah, there's something out there that can produce its own light. <laughs> now, I've heard that when they flash, that that's either, <laughs> that that's either like their mating signal or their communication somehow. Yeah, it is and communicating I've always wondered about that. and it is mating I'm 
I've heard, and I'm not 100%. I think the females kind of wait in the grass, okay. and the males are the ones up doing the flashing, but I'm not sure on that. Okay. I just bought myself a book <laughs> all about them, and cool. I'm ready to read it because <laughs> I, I, I have a lot to learn about those bugs. They're cool. All right, Dana, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that we haven't covered yet? I don't think so. No, um, come on out. There's still plenty of social distancing space out here. And whether you're, you got your kids in school or kids at home or no kids in the house anymore, woohoo, <laughs> empty nesting, or maybe never had any either. Uh, there's so much to do out here and there's so much space for everyone to enjoy. And now that school has started, it has calm down especially in the middle of the week okay we're good time to come in. yes absolutely yeah like today it's pretty quiet in here it's today. pretty quiet although we're, we're going to be getting some good rains later today so maybe yeah. that's keeping people at bay true now is the you guys have a beach here we do you have you talked about the camp store and the campground mm -hmm. the marina mm -hmm. there's floating cabins there are what else what am i forgetting there's a disc golf course disc golf so if you're yeah. into frisbee golf then that's an opportunity that we have out here as well. Okay. Yeah. The bike trail, so a lot of people bring their their bikes out and take the bike trail. We've got uh, six miles one direction or 12 miles if you would do the whole thing of paved bike trail that goes throughout the inside of Newton Stewart State Recreation Area down to the beach, takes you to the campground, takes you over towards the marina. Oh, I think it's great that it's paved. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. There's only one small section that it's not and it's really fine gravel that's really still easy to walk on. A lot of people want a hiking trail that they can take a stroller on or right. just lighter impact yeah. on the knees and hips and so that is the perfect trail for that it is paved for them to walk on and the nature center is very acceptable here to get in and out of too yeah absolutely there's a big sidewalk and it's all one level both uh, coming in the front door and out the back very good all right well dana thank you so much for taking time always good to see you <laughs> you too thanks for sharing about the patoka lake nature center everybody come out and enjoy it and uh, don't miss the chance to get out in the great outdoors right absolutely all right thanks for listening to let's talk with michelle hardman everybody have an awesome day and i'll see you next time